Welcome to Navigating Neurodivergence with me, Stefan Glazer. If you don't know what this podcast and my whole mantra of Navigating Neurodivergence is about, really, at the base of it, it's about knowing that you are not alone in your struggles with neurodivergence. Whether it's ADHD, OCD, dyslexia, the full gamut of neurodiverse dilemmas. You are not alone in your struggles. You're not alone in your conquests and triumphs. That's what navigating neurodivergence is all about. This is a place where people get to express what they went through, how they made it through, and where they're going as they strive with their neurodivergence. So please enjoy your time here and listen to others that navigated their neurodivergence. Jordi Reed is my guest today, and she is a housekeeper during the day, but online at night, she runs a green clean training business. And you know, of course, she's a mom 24-7, and she, like me, was diagnosed with severe ADHD when she was 39. And, you know... <laughs> Like a lot of stories that you hear is once you hit your diagnosis, you kind of figure out that, hey, it's okay. And then you find out there's other people out there and you're not alone. And she went down this path of discovering that she got on the right medication and she started thriving with ADHD. So please enjoy this conversation. It was great talking to her about what she does and how important being green is when you're using cleaning supplies and also just getting through and thriving and building a brand and business uh, an empire with ADHD. Welcome to another episode of Navigating Neurodivergence. I have Jody with me today and Jody, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. <laughs> but first, I want to ask, how are you doing on this lovely day? So far, so good. Got the kids to school on time today. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Always a good start, yeah. yeah. So you're on here because you hit the magic number like me. You made it to 39 without knowing that there was something going on with, with your brain, um, that you were wired completely different. So I always kind of ask people this. When you found out, when you all of a sudden were like, hey, uh, like for me, it was uh, severe, inattentive ADHD. Um, when you found out, did you go, oh, this makes sense? Yeah, it was kind of a, oh my gosh, finally, I understand something about myself. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I had, I, I had a lot of struggles, especially in the few years right before finding out that I had ADHD. I had actually... Um, Ended up as a single mom for a second time, um, and uh, before I even had my baby, though we became I became single again, and um, had ended up homeless right after he was born for a short a few months between between homes and living in a tent with three you know with a baby and my belly and two little kids, wow. and things had gotten just so so hard i had, wasn't able to to get things straight and it seemed like 
I mean, I was just always going, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? I know I'm smart. I mean, I did good in school, but I couldn't ne- just figure out common things, it seemed like, or like I just couldn't keep it together. And so, yeah, it was a, um, it was a surprise, but also not a surprise. Like, oh, that's what's up. So, yeah, it was really a good surprise, to be honest. Very good surprise. Um, And finding out that there was something that could be done to help me was um, a giant blessing. Yeah, that is, I I feel like it's almost a, a recurring theme, just the settings are different. It's always those last couple of years leading up to a diagnosis is when we finally lose grasp on it all. And like, I didn't do great in school, but I got through because I was just bored in school. I just didn't want to be bothered. But going through life, you know, I, uh, I mean, fortunately for me, my bout, I had a bout of homelessness for almost three years. Uh, but that was when I was in my early twenties and it was, very easy to do. I wasn't, I, obviously I wasn't pregnant. Um, I didn't, <laughs> I wasn't a single mom, but the fact that you were able to get through that is, uh, that is incredible. That's, um, you know, I tell people all the time when people look at people that have a neurodivergence, if it's ADHD, OCD, dyspraxia, all these different things, under the huge umbrella, I always tell them, I'm like, it's not, it's not something that is, that's detrimental to us. It's only detrimental because we're not wired the same as the rest of the world is. So the the rest of the world is all set up to kind of just go with the flow and like, this is how you do it. And then for us, it just, just doesn't work that way. Yeah, like how? How do you do it? How? (laughs) How do you do it for real? (laughs) Yeah, and then the worst part is is when we find our way to do it, and then we get told that no, that's the wrong way to do it. Like, but it works for me, (laughs) right? So, when you get diagnosed, I I have to ask, what's what's the first thing you do? Was it? (laughs) for a celebration because I kind of did I know it's a little strange but what did you do when when you were like all right now let's let's see what we can do well unfortunately for me like having grown up in the kind of family that I did where it was um my parents were were different for sure they thought that going to doctors and dentists and such things was um, a sign that you didn't trust God for healing. And therefore, we just didn't go. So if something was wrong, you just pray through it, right? Well, so um, for me to to have to tell my family about the diagnosis was really hard. I didn't get to, like, throw a party because it was more like I have to try to convince them that this is a real thing that this isn't just something the doctor said because they want to sell medicine, Um, that this isn't me not trusting God. This is me being thankful. And that was really my attitude was like, thank God there are doctors and people who have figured out these things and that there's help for um, issues like this that um, 
And so I had to, I had to really struggle with the whole um, having to um, announce it or let people know that this is what's going on and that I'm going to be different a little, I'm going to change, I'm going to be changing. And I think that, you know, a lot of family, they just thought that I was immature and that I wasn't, you know, I just wasn't taking care of my business. And they acted like, you know, that I needed to step it up. And they didn't get that I couldn't step it up, that I was challenged in a way that they didn't understand. And so, but since then, because like that's been five years now since I was diagnosed, I'm now about to be 45 actually. So it's been almost six years. And um, I have had a couple of family members go and get tested also um, to find out if that was also their issue because I started telling them, dude, you have ADHD. We've had it all this time. And we just didn't know it <laughs> because we never got to go to a doctor to find out. And so my brother and my mom have both are now seeking help. And they believe I have now convinced them, but they've also, they've seen over five years, how completely different I have become, how I have started keeping things together and have been able to keep the same home for five years and keep the same job for going on eight years now. And um, that is totally different than I ever was before. I was constantly losing jobs for not being on time. I was, I even was taken to court by the elementary school when my daughter was seven because I kept getting her to school late almost every day, all the time. And they took me to court over it. And I lost homes because I wasn't paying the bills on time. Um, I just wasn't doing well. And none of that is happening anymore. Kids are getting to school on time. Um, I'm getting to work on time. We're paying the bills. You know, so um, because of the difference that they have seen that's very obvious, they now have been convinced that I obviously actually had a problem all this time. And actually, my mom has apologized. I'm so sorry that I didn't know. I'm sorry that I didn't get you help before. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, and she needs, I think she needs the same help, really. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I was going to say, it, it's, it's funny because, you know, it, it's something that is genetically passed down. And a lot of people don't realize it. And my family was the same way. No one, no one caught on with me because I was, the smart one of the family and I had it seemingly together and I was doing all the right things and I went to college, I did all this stuff, but as I got older and, and you know, I got to the point where I was diagnosed and I was like, man, all, uh, I thought everyone was going through the same problems I was having, the struggles I was having. And then when I sat down and talked to my parents about it and I looked at my mom and I'm like, it's not you <laughs> because you, are you know you're dialed in you're very you know you're still sharp as a tack and she's gonna be you know 80 or 79 next year or so and like i i asked i was like i mean who could it be it was like at a scene out of a movie where we both turned and looked at my father and he was just staring off in the space <laughs> and <Obviously>. i went <laughs> i'm like oh my god it's him it's him <laughs> And then he kind of looked at us and went, what, did I miss something? I was like, oh, how did we not see that our entire life? Yeah. 
Yeah, and my mom, she woke us up um, late all the time when we were kids. I mean, if I look back now, I can see that there's so many similarities. And the fact is, she just believed it was wrong to get doctor help. And my dad wouldn't allow her to be put on medication for depression um, whenever she really needed it whenever we were kids. Um, She just was in bed all the time. She was always sad, always depressed, and he wouldn't allow her to go and see a doctor for it. So, um, you know, she now is seeing things all different. And so I'm really, really glad that I, I, I had to push hard to get help because being on Medicaid, um, the doctors don't want to do the testing and stuff to the same degree because the government doesn't pay them to the same degree that other insurances do. So I had to really push in this little town that I live in. I had to just keep on acting. I mean, I actually had a nurse tell me at the doctor's office that I was one of their frequent flyers because I was there all the time. But I was there all the time because something was wrong and I knew it and I had no idea what the problem was. But my kids were suffering because of it. And that's what made me push was I have to get things straight. I have to figure out how to function as a responsible adult because that's, I felt like I was never going to grow up. Like that was the feeling. I, I was so hard on myself because I thought, you know, everybody else is stronger than me. They can all, and I also thought like everybody goes through this stuff, but somehow I'm failing and they're all winning. Um, and, and so whenever I was, Whenever I went through a six-hour cognitive testing and then had several brain scans and all kinds of things, um, when it finally happened, um, I like had doubts that they were going to figure out anything even. And then all of a sudden, this doctor sits me down and says, you have a very high IQ. Your brain, you know, all your cognitive testing and everything shows that you have a very high IQ, but extremely severe ADHD. And my immediate thought was, yeah, right, that's not even a real thing. Because that's what I had been taught, was that that's not even a real thing. That's something doctors say whenever a kid is too hyper and they want to put them on medication. And that's literally what I, you know, I was like, that's not even real. What are you talking about? And he explained it to me. He just laid it all out. He told me all the things that I had not told him. I bet you drink way too much coffee. I bet you can't sleep at night because your brain doesn't shut down. I mean, he said all these things, and I'm like, wow, you're right. It's exactly. He told me who I was without, and I had just seen him like twice ever. So I knew that he didn't know me. He just knew me somehow, though. And uh, I I I always find it amazing when when those little light bulbs start going off, especially my my primary doctor is the one who who put he, I went to him because I was feeling I was like man I have like brain fog or something I don't know what's going on this was when I was thirty eight I was about to turn thirty nine and I was like there's something going on I was like I don't know if it might be depression I don't know what's going this something's off and I couldn't figure it out and I I've learned see it's like with my family it's the opposite I, they they uh, believe in in doctors and all everything that they can do. They just don't want to go. 
Yeah. It's like, you have the option. Why don't you want to do it? And it's always the same response. Well, I don't want them to find something wrong. I was like, no, I do want them to find something wrong so I can get better. Like, that's, that's the point of it. Yeah. And they're, and they're like, um, I go, you know, I'm just going to go. I'm going to talk to him. And he, he had like a little self-assessment sheet. He's like, here, just answer these questions real quick and we'll, we'll see what, we're, what we can do. And he's like, well, based on how you answered it, you might have ADHD. He's like, I'm, that's not my specialty. So he, he refers me to um, a clinical psychiatrist that he's like, we're going to do all the tests for you. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And the irony of, of taking a 600-question test for being a severe inattentive ADHD person is hilarious. Yeah. And, and then I, was, I looked at him and I said, are you really going to, like, if you think that I have ADHD and you want me to sit in this room with no stimulus except for this test, you I, I mean, it, your answer is right here already. Now, <laughs> did they did they have you build things with blocks and stuff the, like that? The the one that I did uh, was all it was all like a not a computer program, but it was like done on the computer. So it had things wow. that were like all the cognitive. Uh, it was like a cognitive portion, uh, a memory portion, and, and but the part that made me laugh is. I had a, a printout when I got done because we did all that and then we had the actual inattentive test, which was, it was like three simple things and all I had to do was hit the button every time the voice said one. And it was very simple. I knew the rules. I had the rules right in front of me. And so anytime the voice said one, you hit the button. And sometimes the voice would say two and sometimes the... in there would be a corresponding word on the screen, one or two. But if one didn't pop up in the voice and on the screen, you couldn't hit the button. Um, apparently, I just kept trying to hit the button. And <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, and I just, and I couldn't stop myself. It was just like an in, impulse control. It's like, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to say one, so I got to hit it. So I get the test result back, and it, still makes me laugh to this day because he he shows it to me he's like yeah you know here's here's a like a neurotypical person i'm like oh okay and the graph is this shows a big thing across and he's like and uh their inattentive score you know generally it scores pretty high i was like oh he's like you scored an eight i was like oh that's that's was like eight out of like 20 eight of 10 he's like out of a hundred and i was like no and I looked at the bar graph, and I was like, I don't have a bar there. He's like, no, you do. It's like one pixel high <laughs> because <laughs> this is all based out of 100. And I was like, oh. He's like, yeah. Like, this is, this is one of the more severe cases. He's like, because you had no interest in this test at all. You had, you had no care for this. So you just wanted to get through it. And, and your you're brain, like, I tried. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, your brain just did just went into autopilot and made it, your body do whatever the hell to get, just to get out of here. Like, okay, let's get this done so you can go do something that you can actually enjoy. And I started laughing. He's like, is, is that bad? He's like, it's not great, but now we know what we're dealing with. Yeah. 
So for you, was it when you you go through all the testing and, and learning that, what path did you take? Because I, I everyone has a strange path. Um, and sometimes there's medication, sometimes there's just like CBT and, and like all the other uh, modalities. And sometimes it, it's like, I have, I have a very strange, strange path that I took. So I always love hearing how, what, how to manage it, like how, how you started there. Okay. Well, um, the doctor that I was seeing at the time, which was a new doctor in town, he was in town for less than a year and he, he retired and left, um, because there were apparently too many of us here, <laughs> it seems. <laughs> <laughs> he got ran ran out he just got uh run down apparently is what i was told by the nurses that he he just took on too much at once and and he was a young doctor but he was so brilliant um and he really like explained things to me where and made me understand stuff that otherwise i i had never never understood before but anyways um he convinced me to start taking medication. Um, but before he had me start taking, um, Concerta, which is what I take, um, before he got me started on it, he had to drop me from other medications that I had been taking for depression and anxiety that he said that you probably don't need these medications. You're depressed because you don't understand what's going on. You're anxious because you can't keep things under control. And so he weaned me off of some medications that he also explained to me one of those medications I had been taking for nearly 10 years. And he said, you shouldn't have been taking it more than three to five years. It can cause early onset of dementia. Oh, and I wow. was having real difficulty with, um, with remembering things at the time. I was having extreme problems with it. And so he weaned me off of that. It was so hard. It was like six months of just like feeling totally out of sorts. And while weaning off that, I started a really low dose of Concerta. And so it it took a good six months or, or a year before I started feeling like I was coming alive. Like my mind was starting to work. I was starting to be able to sleep at night um, because my brain, I could start shutting down. Whereas I swear my whole life before that, I laid in bed for half the night trying to fall asleep and then slept for half a night and woke up late to the alarm all the time. And it was just like a, a roller coaster of, you know, exhaustion. And oh my, my gosh, I, I can't even express to you how hard it was to feel like a, a real adult, like just a grown up, you know, because I couldn't figure out how to just wake up on time. My gosh. But um, within a year of of being off of the other medications that I had never really needed, probably, um, and being on Concerta, and then, you know, he kind of increased the dosage after a while. And um, I started feeling like I could accomplish things, like I could, you know, actually remember to do the things that I needed to do, like um, I could direct my children better. I could help them with things that I had previously been incapable of just keeping my focus and being able to help them with homework. Um, and so 
Um, I don't think that I've like changed dosages for a few years now. It's just mm. been like a consistent every day, take this one little pill, really not that, you know, I never went up to really high doses. I, I could probably up the dose at this point and maybe it would, I'd be even more super powered. I don't know. <laughs> but I kind of wonder about it sometimes like, what would that do? Would that make me even be able to keep things straight? Because I'm still learning like how to keep my finances straight. I'm still learning things that, that at one point I thought I would never be able to just learn it. Yeah. Like I would never be able to just absorb the information and actually process it and actually live my life by those new set of rules or whatever. But at this point, I'm learning new things all the time. I love to read now, whereas I used to like have to reread the same paragraph five times before I actually figured out what it was talking about. Now things I comprehend more. I can hold the information better. I can actually apply it to my life better than I ever could before. And I wonder, like, if I had had those 39 years of, of actually with help, what could I have accomplished in life at this point? Yeah. I, that is my only regret is that I wasn't diagnosed sooner so that I could have um, started building my empire earlier, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and I always think about that too. And uh, I kind of, I've leaned into the fact that I've, I had to go through all the, the, the struggle and the heartache and the frustration to get to the point where I did get diagnosed. And then I, it's just like, okay, I get a, a new life to live now. Yeah. And you're right. And for me, you know, I, I was on, um, I was on, uh, Wellbutrin and Adderall uh, for a while. And I, I did a, I made a conscious thing to come off about. I am all for pharmaceutical like companies helping people. It's fine. The medication works. I just knew deep down, I was like, I don't want to take the medicine anymore. And I had to find my ways around it, which if you told me that when I first started, I would have laughed laughed you out of the room I'm like no 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 because this is turning off the the noise this is letting me focus this is letting me get there um but i will say this for anyone that is like just diagnosed and once once you work with a doctor and you, you find the right dosage it is life-changing what the medication can do yeah um my you know my wife actually i always kind of tell this story but she realized like the first time I was taking Adderall and it wasn't a huge dose to start with. It was just like a, it was the quick release. It wasn't extended release. And we were sitting there like I was having a cup of coffee, just kind of like talking to her and she stopped. She's just like, you're here. And I said, well, yeah, I'm right here. Yeah. She's like, no, no, no. <laughs> you're here in this conversation right now. I'm like, Oh yeah. And I was like, yeah. And I told her, I was like, it's kind of like the, the radio was on. It was nothing but static and the volume was turned to a hundred. And now it's like turned down to like 20 and I can, I can hear what's going on and yeah. be here. And yeah. she was just like, this is different. 
Like, yeah, it's very different. It's the first time in my life that I felt that. The cool difference. Yeah, you know, and I think that the way I tried to, the way I explained it to the doctor that originally helped me with all this, um, I told him that, like, if you, you think about movies where they're torturing somebody and they've got their eyes pried open and they're tied down in a chair and there's a screen in front of them where there's just like a, a constant you know, um, blinking pictures of everything crappy and horrible that's happening in the world. Well, that's the way my mind seemed to be for my whole life, um, where everything bad that had ever happened in my childhood and in my marriages, they were just like a constant flashing screen in my mind, and I couldn't shut it off. And, and I don't know, I always thought, like, why am I such a negative person? Why? But but it was just, like, never-ending. I couldn't make it stop. I couldn't put all the bad out of my mind. Um, and this, I mean, for me, Concerta has been a life-saving thing where it has shut down that that, like, static, pretty much. But it was like a constant just... Um, uh, flashing is all I can think of is like a flashing of everything negative and crappy and, and horrible thoughts of what could happen and how I could, things could go wrong. I mean, I just could not stop it on my own. And, um, I felt so low and so bad about who I was because of my inability to just shut down the negative and be able to focus on my wonderful kids and the life that that I could be living and my job and my, you know, and I've gone to three different colleges and didn't graduate from any of them because every time I would get so frustrated and just felt incapable of completing things and I would end up backing out because I felt like I just had too much on my plate. I couldn't handle it. I couldn't accomplish. And now I accomplish things all the time. And people are telling me all the time, you're such a strong woman. You're a superhero. You're like, a, you know, such a powerful woman, somebody told me the other day. And I thought, oh, if only you knew all the things, all the drama that I have gone through to get to the point that I'm at now. But, um, but I am very thankful, very grateful that I found out, um, yeah. why I, why I was incapable. And I no longer feel like I don't self-loathe like I once did. And that's very new for me that I wake up in the morning and I feel proud of who I am. And I feel yeah. proud of what, I mean, I'm not proud of my finances at the moment. I'm not proud. There are a few things that I still need to get in order, but, um, but I feel capable that I'm going to be able to. And that hopefulness yeah. was never a part of my life until, until recently. And I, and, and I just feel like my kids are benefiting um, from, from me being able to hold things together better. Um, yeah. that's, that's my biggest thankfulness is, is that my kids are being um, parented better than they ever yeah. were before. Yeah. I I always have to ask to everyone, every time I talk to any neurodivergent, have your kids been tested yet or is there any inkling that they might? <laughs> um, you know, my daughter, um, 
would like to be tested. She's 19 now. Um, she is currently um, being treated for depression and anxiety. She has a lot of anxiety whenever she is in a crowded place, you know, around a lot of people, around new people and stuff like that. Um, my 16-year-old son, he is high-functioning autistic, um, and he thinks that he probably has ADHD as well, um, but he hasn't been tested for it, right? Yeah. So truly, I I have to push for doctors to do tests. Um, it seems like it's like pulling teeth. It's really hard to get to get things done, uh, maybe because I live in a small town of like 2,500 people. And it's just like, yeah. you know, a few doctors here and traveling out, out of town to go somewhere else isn't always a possibility because being a single mom and always needing to work, 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 um, I, it's, it's really, um, I need to make it a priority though. Um, that's something else that I need to do. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's tough too, because, you know, I, well, with, especially with high functioning autism, sometimes they always go hand in hand ADHD. But, you know, uh, I think that that was always like the big indicator for me was, was the anxiety and depression. I always thought like, Oh, just, everyone has anxiety. And then you find out that like ADHD is like, Hey, yeah, that's why you have anxiety. It's because of the, the conditioning that your body's in from the state that you're always in, especially like you were just saying, like, you know, and she gets anxiety when she goes to the place that I can, even now I still, I can go do the things like out and about, but I know if there's going to be a lot of people there. I need to find a place where I can just like, all right, is there like a quiet place where I can go sit and just get back to myself? Because I yeah. know what happens when I go into like the loud you know, crowded areas. It's yeah. Overstimulation. You get overwhelmed. So. Yeah. yeah and often I, whenever we go as a family and do things, go to big events or something, we come home and everybody withdraws to their own little space in their own bedroom and has their own quiet time because it's definitely a, we have to wind down afterwards. It's, and it's the whole family. Even my eight year old, he, um, he gets a lot of migraines and he's not picking up reading very well right now. So I even have considered finding out if I can get him tested and through the school, it would be probably be a possibility. Um, yeah. But he's, he's just having a really difficult time with learning to read and write. And, uh, and, and he talks about kids bullying him at school and stuff like that. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to have learning difficulties um, like if he wants to learn something, he learns it. So he plays video games like mad. I mean, he's good at video games, but somehow he can't just sit down and read a book. So I know there's something going on. Um, he's in, he has an IEP at school where he's in the special ed class for part of the day, every day to try to help him with reading and writing. Um, I don't know that the class is doing him any good, to be honest. He talks about it like it's just a bunch of playing and coloring, yeah. really. But um, so, yeah, when it comes to situations like that, and I only know this from my own experience in life, is like I, I was, for me, I was put into, uh, I was in advanced classes 
and in special education at the same yeah. time because because I, I had a, a speech impediment when I was when I was younger, and so I was going through like speech therapy, trying to to figure out how to speak and like how to not have like a lisp and, and a whole bunch of fun things. But yeah. Titus the, is the same. Yeah, the learning part is, is interesting because as I got older, I found that I didn't. Looking back, especially after my diagnosis, I found that I I learned things that I want to learn, and school is just not stimulating in the same way. Yeah, I, yeah video games, big, huge. Still to this day, people are like, "You're, you know, I'm going to be 43," and people are like, "You still play video?" I was like, "Yeah, I still play video games all the time <laughs> because it's it's a good like." That's my relaxation. It's stress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, you know, I, I understand like how my mind works. It's like, if there's a subject that I love, I will hyper-focus on it and I will go down that rabbit hole and, and uh -huh. research about it and do all that stuff. But if somebody goes here, look up the history of quilting and I'll just be like, no, <laughs> just no. <laughs> Right. So, well, yeah. what, the way that I have helped him to, uh, and this isn't, I don't, I can't say that this is a parenting accomplishment necessarily, but um, I told him during the summer vacation that nobody would be reading anything on the video game to him anymore. If he wanted to know who that, you know, character was and what they were offering him, he had to read it himself. He figured out how to read some. Yeah. He, yeah. Cause he was like, to determine, but he also figured out how to write just enough to look up YouTube videos that would teach him how to do it. And he watched YouTube videos and figured it out and then didn't do as much reading as I wanted him to. But I felt pretty proud that he learned how to navigate through YouTube, <laughs> learned how to t type in what he wanted to look up. And suddenly he's just like looking up videos, learning how to play Zelda better and uh, and at Same. eight years old, he's like rocking the game, right? But you know, that might not be the biggest accomplishment ever. But well, that, it might not be that big to the other people, but I know that, like to him that he found he found he found a way. Yeah, um, and and those and he are felt like, proud of himself for it too. Exactly, and, and I feel proud of him too because that's too. that's using that's using his mind. And how his mind is working, it's like, okay, I can figure this out. Let's figure it out. And um, because he knew the end goal was, I'm going to be able to do the thing I like better. Yeah. And if that, that is playing a game, that's playing a game. And but, he comprehends the, the stuff that's said. I mean, he comprehends it all so well. And then he can tell you how to do everything on the game, like in full detail. And I feel like... So reading and writing, he's gonna, it's going to catch up with him because he's yeah. obviously very smart. He just doesn't want to sit and focus on the, the reading. Yeah. But, it, well, it's also because of how they're teaching, too. It's always a big thing because uh, that was my problem. They were teaching me the wrong way. It was technically the right way for school because that's how you teach a large group of kids. Yeah. But, Unfortunately, not every kid is the same, and right. 
especially when there is some form of neurodivergence. And sometimes it's, it's something as simple as like dyslexic, you know, like, like dyslexia. Yeah. Like for, for me, uh, dyscalculia, dys- <laughs> still, I was diagnosed <laughs> with that and I can never pronounce it right, but it's number dyslexia. Um, oh. I grew up hating math because I didn't understand why like, I would get marks off for doing because I would be like I get the answer and they're like all right show your work I'm like no why not I was like because if I do it it's going to be wrong they're like but you got the answer I'm like yes the answer was easy it's showing the work to get the answer I can't do because every time like the numbers would get mixed up and and I just it was a, a a constant struggle and it got to the point where I was like I can't I can't be bothered with with math anymore and then when I was diagnosed with the number dyslexia i was like oh okay this makes sense this is why i couldn't remember numbers this is why people would tell me their phone number and i was like hold on i need to write it down and i'd write it down really slow so i made sure it didn't get out of order and i was like this makes so much more sense now yeah but of course stop beating yourself for not being able to figure it out it's really (laughs) nice to know whenever um that something wasn't really your fault kind of thing, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. it wasn't just because I was being lazy. It wasn't just because I, you know, have, because I'm stupid. I'm not stupid. I know yeah. I'm not stupid. I always knew I wasn't stupid, but yet I couldn't prove it because <laughs> it looked like I was stupid. I'm making all the wrong choices. But, um, yeah, I think my son, though, I think he's going to figure out the reading and writing more. I have been trying to buy him books that are, like, based on the games that he likes. But mm. so far, it hasn't really, like, triggered anything in him to, to be like, ooh, this is a book about, you know, Legos. Yay, let's read that. It it hasn't really f- quite worked, but I, I think it, there's going to be a there's going to be a breakthrough before long. Sure. Yeah, there's definitely going to be one of those aha moments where he's going to be like, wait, I can get more of this out of this book? Great. Like, yeah. yeah. That was that was my always my big thing with reading growing up. Um, so I, I always like to, to kind of to pivot because you, you, you know, you've gone through life on both sides of the fence now and you said, you're like, oh, I have my empire. And when you said empire, what did you mean by that? Because I remember that word, it kind of like flashed in my head. I was like, empire, empire. So <laughs> well, tell me about your empire. <laughs> okay, so I am building a business online. I just started back in uh, December. I found out that this was a possibility, a thing I could do. Um, I always thought, um, well, because I'm not extremely tech savvy, I always thought building an online business would require me to know so much more about technical stuff than what I know. And like, I just don't have the time to delve into learning all this stuff. Well, I became um, familiar with Kajabi, um, which is a great platform to be able to build an online um, a website, a course. Um, you can build a community in there. And so I discovered that. And just had already had this idea that um, I need to I need to start something for passive income 
because I'm not do I'm not going to be able to do housekeeping for the rest of my life. I mean, I'm almost yeah. 45. It's starting to hurt more. I have developed arthritis and some, you know, sh- thoracic outlet syndrome in my shoulder, different pains and aches that I used to not have. And it's going to get more intense because I'm going to get older and I can't keep up with the, the physical labor forever. And so I started building a um, green clean um, teaching blog. So now I have a website and a blog, which I have 36 blog posts at this point that teach different aspects of green cleaning. And then I built a course that people can take to become certified in green cleaning. And I started a community where I where people can pay um, a very minimal amount to be part of my community monthly, where they meet with me every Tuesday evening for a one-hour Q&A where we talk about whatever cleaning job they're currently trying to do. And I am teaching people to transition from using chemicals and toxin-filled um, cleaning supplies and transition over to using all green cleaning, natural, toxin-free items. And now I'm also um, creating those items myself. So I created a 50-pack of green clean recipes that I'm selling in a, in a collection. Um, but I'm also creating the the products from those recipes and selling them at some of the local events that are happening mm-hmm. so I can introduce my local community to my mission that I'm up to. And so that's my empire. I'm building a green clean empire. And so, so far I have the co- the course and the community and the blog and the website. And um, I'm learning as I go. I'm just learning as I go. I built it all myself. And so I haven't had to invest a ton of money into it, just what it costs to, to have Kajabi monthly, which is like 150 a month, um, which is more than I can afford in, in all honesty. At times I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing? Why am I paying all this? But it's an investment and I have now, I'm no longer hating myself and thinking that I'm not worth investing in. I believe that I am worth investing in. And I believe that I, after 20 years of housekeeping and cleaning vacation rentals, that I and, and the fact that I have asthma and, and allergies and stuff. So I had to learn how to do the cleaning that I do without all the chemicals. And by in the, in the process, I have learned a ton. I've learned a lot. And I have, I have just a deep well of information to offer to people that are ready to transition for both um, their health and for saving money and for being healthier for the environment as well. And so that, that's my, my new mission, my empire that I'm building. And, um, awesome. and I expect it to pick up. I, I have a lot to learn about marketing still to be able to, and SEO and different things. That, That's a lot, a yeah, lot of stuff that's up that there. I, to... Right. I never <laughs> knew about any of this stuff until about Jan- December or January this past, um, you know, just in 2023, pretty much. I started my website in January of 2023, and it's already, it looks beautiful. I have people mm-hmm. tell me all the time, oh, it's so nice. It's so pretty. It but is. it's not all SEO friendly yet. I'm learning how to do that so that, you know, 
Google um, recognizes it as a thing. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, doing all that stuff is always like it's that is a it's a learning curve, but it's like um it's like a living learning curve. It's, you you'll get into it, and then you'll start you start getting into the feel of it and you're like, Oh, I, I now every time I do a new blog post or if I'm making a new page or I'm doing this, you, the things just start happening naturally. Like, Oh yeah, I need to add this and make sure the meta right. stuff is fine. You know? And, but yeah, I, I was looking at it earlier and I was like, this, this is actually very easy to get the information. It flows very well. So oh, you're doing something right. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, every, all the time I'm learning something new and I have to go through 36 blog posts to fix, you know, add alt text to the, for the photos. For the, and, for the yeah, images, yep. <laughs> I just keep on learning these new things and then I go back in and I improve it all a little bit more. And then, um, I have like five different new blog posts that I've been writing, but you know, ADHD, I jump back and forth between them. And so none of them are complete yet, but, um, that's, you know, I, I'm becoming more and more prolific and consistent and, and, uh, that's, that's the goal. And as, as I, um, well, let's see, I am also part of two different groups, one on Voxer and one on WhatsApp that are entrepreneurs that are just, um, gung-ho about learning. And so I get to just like all the time I can ask a question into each, either one of those groups. And I've got responses within the day that, um, because we're all working towards the same goals. And so we're all kind of in the same, you know, if I don't understand how to add something in, um, I can go in there and ask and somebody else just finished learning that. And, wow. and I get to help them and they get to help me. And, and so that has been a giant blessing too, to just be able to become part of these groups, um, and be welcomed in there and, and be able to, to sponge off of each other. And so, yeah. um, I don't feel like I'm doing it all on my own. I feel like I have a good support system too, of, of people who are, who are on the same journey, um, and they're all doing different businesses. One of them's all about um, helping people to overcome overeating. And, um, you know, somebody else is, is a, a mom of twins and is starting a business, an online business geared toward twin mamas. And then my <laughs> friend that's the vintage mama who's reaching out to women who had children later in life. Um, so anyways, it's just like a whole host of a, a bunch of different kinds of things going on all in these groups, but everybody just teaching each other. And so that's really, really been beneficial too. Yeah. That, that's actually a really, a really good idea. No matter what you're doing is when you can find a group of like-minded people when they're just starting businesses or starting projects like this to bounce ideas off of, to help, especially the help part, because people, you know, I, I try to, I try to help uh, as many people as I can. And, you know, I, I wrote a book at the beginning of this year about what I did to get through my neurodivergence. And I was just like, I love helping people. And I talked to a few people and I was like, why aren't you doing more than that? And that's kind of like what, how, after I wrote the book, how everything kind of molded around navigating neurodivergence. 
I want. Which I like that place. title a lot. That's good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I want a place where people can tell their stories because a lot of the time people don't have that outlet. Um, yeah. I know the everyone that listens to the podcast, they most of them are neurodivergent, but I have a lot of neurotypical people, and they love. I get messages all the time that they're like, "I never knew that." this was how it happened or like that's what you were going through or or sometimes like i'll have somebody on that's been like oh yeah you know i I, i've worked in hollywood i do all this stuff and they're like in i have like severe adhd and they just go down this list of stuff that they've been you know quote unquote plagued with but then you're like yeah but they found their way through and i think that's the bottom line is you finding our way through is is something that we are we have like an innate ability to do when we have the right help for us yeah and that's that's the key um for some it's you know finding the right doctor finding the right therapist finding the right medication there's so many different all little of that avenues. and finding the right support group too yeah yes support groups yeah. are huge and i always love like a, I, that's how I first got like dipped my toes into the water was you know three four years ago. A friend said you should join this support group and it was an ADHD support group. And I was like, I don't know why do you want me to join this? And she was just like, Trust me, I think you might have ADHD. You know, it's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> but you needed that's convincing, how- didn't you? Yeah, I did. I needed convincing that it was even a real thing. That's the sad part. I was told I had something that I thought was non-existent up until that point. I rolled my eyes when people said, my kid has ADHD. I thought, no, your kid's hyper and you can't handle it, so you just put them on medication. Yeah. I mean, I had really bought into that whole... um, thought train and it wasn't it wasn't healthy for me or or my kids for me to be believing these things but uh yeah so yeah but you know i and uh well before we kind of wrap things up i i always i I leave this question for for all my guests at the end um we see where you've been and where you are now and i always have to ask now that you know what you're doing in life and that you have this passion of especially because that green cleaning is very important especially in this household um we don't like all the crazy chemicals we don't like additives i'm a, i'm actually allergic to bleach which always me makes too. people go they go what i'm like yeah it's a migraine trigger for me if i smell it like instantly like it triggers a migraine for me I can't, and then like for the next seventy-two hours, I'm, I'm out of it. Like, yeah. yeah. And there, people are like, "Well, how do you clean?" I was like, "Why? Well, I I have to find natural cleaners or make them myself." So the fact that you have all this together, ah, where are you taking your empire? That's that's the question. <laughs> well, I want. I envision that eventually there will be. Massive people taking the online course that I've created, which is a very extensive course that goes really into um, the problems with with typical cleaning 
products and all of the um, all the garbage that they put into them. The fact that our government, you know, we don't regulate what has to go into cleaning supplies. And so even whenever you buy something that says it's healthy or natural, um, if it says that it has fragrance in it, but it doesn't tell you what that fragrance is made of, it's a chemical compound that is most likely toxic to your health. And um, so, so I've got, I mean, I've put together the course, and I'm really proud of it. I believe that it, it really go de- dives deep into um, why you should not be using those chemicals, um, especially if you have an autoimmune disease or any kind of allergies. Um, but, but really for anybody, to expose yourself to constant toxins, and especially like if you're a housekeeper like I am where you're cleaning all the time, um, you are just building up those toxins in your system, which are suppressing your immune system. Whereas you could instead be using things such as vinegar and baking soda and essential oils, which promote good health and build your immune system. So all there are things, the way I believe is that God provided us with a good set of stuff to use that is natural and, and often organic things that are available to us, but because of our our um, culture has taught us that we need these glamorous things, these products that come in bright colored packaging or, you know, have the right fragrance added into it or whatever, and we've been duped into believing that we need these certain things to be able to get a good clean, and it's all false. And so yeah. that is my intention, is um, to be the one that teaches people to leave behind all this garbage that you grew up thinking you had to have, bleach, and, and well, I'd name it all off, but some of those things are just so toxic for your health, and you don't even know that the reason you're getting headaches regularly is because of something that you're using in your laundry, Um you don't know that your skin allergy is not actually something that you would be plagued with if you stopped using that body soap that you're using. You know, there are just so anyways, that is my envision. My vision is that um, people will take this course and, and read my blog posts and that they will learn how to do away with those toxic things and to embrace the natural easy to come by stuff and stop thinking that you have to have bleach to get rid of germs whenever tea tree oil works just as good and hydrogen peroxide can bleach things as well as chlorine bleach can. Um, anyways, that is that is my plan. Um, I've also created coloring books which are on Amazon that because one of my blog posts is trying to teach people that you need to adopt some forms of self-care that are appropriate for you, that are, that are your type of, health, of self-care so that you can de-stress because that also is an immune, you know, if you are stressed out all the time, that kills your immune system as well. So, and then I've got several uh, blog posts that is filled with videos showing people what kind of stretches to do to keep from getting carpal tunnel and thoracic outlet syndrome and things that I've ended up developing because of the cleaning that I was doing. Um, so what else? Um, anyways, I 
would like there to I would like to just go all out with my online certification course and um and also have more people get involved in my community so that I can do like coaching every Tuesday evening I've got an hour that I just want to devote to coaching people that are ready to transition and to really make that change and be done, you know, ditch the toxins and switch to healthy and inexpensive products. So yeah, that, and so my, my business is called Pristine and people can find it at pristine.team. So P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E dot T-E-A-M. And awesome. everything yeah. I have available is right there. That's, that's what I was going to ask you. Where do they find it? And that, that will be in the show notes as well. Uh, you guys have to check it out just because I, I know a lot of you out there are always looking for a better alternative than buying crazy store-bought stuff that it is loaded with chemicals and dyes and fragrance. The fragrance yes. thing always bugs me. Oh, it's that like, was giving me migraines so much. It's like yeah. fragrance. What is it? Yeah, you don't know. It's like something that they... It, took from a bat or uh, <laughs> yeah some. but it's the same thing when they put it in a, they're like oh here's your juice and it's got flavor you're like what's what's flavor flavor, what flavor of what yeah it's interesting <laughs> yeah or and you know that if they say all natural on the bottle anything is natural dirt is Every- natural so truly <laughs> there's no way to even know unless they literally um tell you exactly what's in it but oftentimes cleaning supplies they they like to throw in fragrance flavor you know just these words that pretty much mean chemicals is what it means it's exactly what it means oh uh, thank you so much for coming on jody because your story is amazing and what you're doing is amazing because that's not only helping people that's helping the planet that's helping everything because these things when you actually use natural cleaning supplies natural when like true natural supplies with essential oils and everything you you're just using what is found on earth not what it was man-made not what was made in the lab you're you are basically you you're securing your place in the actual ecosystem of going, yeah, I'm not hurting anything now. I'm actually just right. using something. And I mean, imagine instead of decreasing your immunity, increasing it with the yeah. cleaning stuff, the things that you're spraying all over your kitchen counters and mm-hmm. using all around your food prep areas, those things, instead of leaving a, um, a surface filled with toxins, you are leaving them with stuff, cover coating them with things that are literally good for your health. You could lick those countertops and it'd be good for you instead of bad for you. You know, not that I say people should be licking their countertops, but just imagine swapping it from being toxic things to being all healthy. I mean, it's, it would be a wonderful thing for everybody. I think everybody benefits from green cleaning. Yeah, they definitely do. Thank you again, Jody. And until next time, everyone, man, get out there and go visit Jody's uh, site. Go sign up for a course. It's, uh, it's a game changer. Thank you. Thank you for having me.